Oh my gosh, it's Aries Sun, it's Gemini Moon, and it's time for a new Meathead Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Emily Schramm. Thank you for being here, and we have a few episodes ready for you. So uh, catch up, enjoy, they're all over the place, and that's how it will continue to be as I navigate this world of Meathead and Hippie. <laughs> I am in Santa, Santa Rosa, just having the best time being an Impala running on the track, learning how to run, trying some new training modalities, being in the sun. And today's podcast is close by Santa Rosa. It's in Sonoma County, which is where my sister lives. It is the location of the farms that grew the calendula that is in the Build Your Own Apothecary Edition 3. So if you have not heard, I now have a subscription service where one time a month you can get a herb or tea from me. It's all going to be medicinal. And this month was so special because not only was it from Sonoma County, so close to my sister and where she lives and has lived, but it was also the perfect <laughs> Aries, sun, solar plexus. Here we are. This is what we're doing. And our hope for this is not only do you get to have the seeds, plant the seeds and try the tea and loosely form but to learn how to make medicine from it. So that is all a part of this apothecary service. Please check it out at the link in the description of this podcast or herbalelement.com. And I am so grateful for two incredible sponsors, one being Force of Nature, who supplies me with regenerative meat, me and my gym platform. If you are interested in purchasing and you're in Denver, you can purchase on Saturday mornings, 8 8 to 11 at Platform Strength, but you can also purchase at forceofnature.com and get $10 off of anything from with the code MEATHEADHIPPIE. I am about to go to their What Good Shall I Do regenerative conference and speak at it with my dear friend Anthony Gustin, who is just fantastic and also the founder of Equip Protein. So I have two proteins that I love. One is Detox Complete, which is now in stock at myempirica.com. It's my gut, liver, nutrient-packed meal replacement, especially if you're dealing with pathogens or gut dysbiosis or any sort of everything makes my stomach hurt and you need nutrients. IBS Crohn's, this is fantastic. And then the second protein that I love is Equip's beef protein isolate, and they just do such a good job with such few ingredients, pure, raw. I'm in love with everything that they do, just truly. And Meathead Hippie is now a perfect code for you for 15% off. So two different proteins. One I use as a meal replacement, Equip Protein I use as a perfect post-workout and also just a great addition to get some really fantastic B vitamins and nutrients from that beef if I'm not feeling as if eating beef <laughs> in hot summer sun is what I'm into, but regardless, both companies care about where their meat comes from, and I am incredibly proud to be partnered with both of them and have them be supporters of the podcast of Meathead Hippie. So thank you for being a listener. Enjoy this wonderful conversation on Pu'er Tea. If you have not read the um, book, <laughs> Puerti. Sorry, I said it wrong again, Larry. I'm sorry. Puerti. Uh, make sure that you go read The Tea Girl on Hummingbird Lane. It's a fantastic book, and it really led me to Larry and Yang Su's little farm tent at the Sebastopol Farmer's Market, which is how this all began. And we just had such a delightful conversation around tea. Enjoy. <laughs> 
I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being on the podcast today about this beautiful tea. Larry, I met you at the farmer's market in Sebastopol, which I have been here for a few weeks and collecting some calendula for my apothecary people. But I would love if we could start by just talking about what I'm looking at right now. Uh, take them, these audio people, on a journey of this beautiful photo. I'm glad, I'm glad I met you because I didn't know what apothecary was. <laughs> I, I don't, still don't think I do. But anyways, um, yeah, so the, you, you want me to explain this picture. It's, uh, that was a picture maybe, you know, two and a half, a little over two and a half years ago. This is in the mountains in Yunnan, China. Uh, it's Baoshan, which is the western part of Yunnan. And I was taking pictures of uh, these are thousand-year-old wild poor tea trees. Wow. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. Poor. So this was an amazing experience because the, the, the owner of the factory, when we met the guy, he, he was, his company was kind of small and now it's pretty big, but he personally took us on this ride, um, this place to go up in the mountains and to get up to this area right here, we, we basically had to go on this very narrow winding mountain road and one, one part of it, there was actually like gravel blocking half of the road and we were in an SUV and uh, it would, really wasn't even enough room for like one car to go over and after we went over I looked at my wife and I said did we just go over there because <laughs> it goes down you know you don't want to like go off the road it was yes it's kind of crazy and we're also sitting with this beautiful tea and your beautiful wife Yang Su thank you for being here well let's talk about what type of tea this is this is what just fascinated me and I wanted to share about this type of tea because I don't know much about it and you have been working with this tea for 15 years maybe more yeah. I would love to know it's about 2006 yeah ah, amazing so let's start with what pu'er tea is I always said pu'er and I'm still breaking the habit because of you so ah. thank you <laughs> pu'er tea pu'er I, yeah pu I say pu like Winnie the pu'er like ergonomic and this is a living tea, and right. there's so many things you're teaching people about the benefits. It's been life-changing for both of you, for your health, and I would love to just share the goodness of it. What makes poor tea poor tea? Okay. I have to do a little selfish promotion. I, I did, wrote a book called Living with Living Tea. <laughs> That's what it's about. It's uh, We live here with living tea. So poor tea is it's one of the only raw teas in the world. Uh, it's just rolled in sun-dried, so all, almost all other teas are baked or baked multiple times, like traditional black tea, green tea, um, oolong tea gets baked multiple times, high temperatures. So poor tea is just rolled in sun-dried. It only comes from um, Camellia sinensis asamica, which is, which is this big leaf variety of, of the tea plant. And another amazing thing about it is, is you know, as I showed you, that. One of the oldest living things on the planet is a poor tea tree, and it's over 3,700 years old. So when you go visit these trees and you contemplate, and you're out in the middle of nowhere in the, in the middle of China, and you think about all the history and all the, how the emperors drank this tea, and we've actually been to the Forbidden City where there was like a big ball of tea worth about like a half a million dollars, and it was for the emperor. So when we saw that, it was like, hey, this is really amazing. They really did drink this tea. So, I mean, acupuncturists, a lot... Um, you know, know about poor tea, use it medicinally too. Um, but it tastes great and it's it's healthy. 
it's it's social, so you know what what more can you ask for? And it's art, you know, it's beautiful. It is art. Do you wish more people drank more tea? <laughs> yes, I. Uh, that's part of the thing I wrote about in my book. I think, I mean, I think in that way we're very uh, uh, we're on the same same page because I think that some very basic things in life can uh, make huge changes, especially in the like in the U.S. healthcare system. I think it's a you know it's a broken system, and I just think that some very basic you know between diet and exercise and lifestyle, I think it could be like huge, profound changes. And it's, that's not what, what is being emphasized in society today. And we spend billions of dollars. I think it's really sad. Yeah. And I, don't, I would love to hear your story a little bit about the health benefits you experienced, Yang Su. Oh, okay. Um, you know, because um, the reason I, um, I want to start a tea business is because uh, I grew up in the tea culture from Taiwan. And uh, we always, uh, I remember my mom always uh, prepared a tea, one teapot in the house. So we grew up with the tea. So when my kids grow up and then I start want to uh, uh, join the, with the little, little bit of kind of memory. So one time we, I went to the channel and then the, um, my friend introduced the poor tea for me. And then I have never, I haven't drink the poor tea before, and uh, I don't understand. And when when she start to explain uh, a lot of good benefit, then I said, "Wow, that's amazing!" But it sounds like a, you know, too much. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, because the the scene she mentioned that it's all like a, the the issue I need a deal, so I would like to try. So I start to try the poor. I I buy the some. I brought the some. Uh, Poor tea come back, and then I start to drink the day and night, and drink like a two and a half months. Then I check my uh, cholesterol; it's really dropped down. Mm. Uh, I used to it about two, uh, like a two twenty seven, and that time I was like a thirty nine, forty years old. It's from my family's um, issue, you know. So I think that to um, uh, too uh, too early, I get that kind of problem. And also before the tea, I was try four years. Mm. I diet, I don't eat egg, I exercise a lot, and then I skip the meal, and then my number still same. Yeah. So when I, so that's why I figure out when I drink the pool, it's really working for me. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, I remember the, uh, because that time I check it with the doctor every six months. I remember uh, the last one was a 227, and, and uh, after I drink the pool tea, I went to see the doctor again, and then they check it for me. It became like uh, 183, something like that. So I really, really in, uh, so happy about it. And then I start to drink, and then uh, I start continue drink, and I found that I slept very well. Mm-hmm. You know, people maybe uh, didn't um, figure out. Because I used to, because my second boy, he wake me up every two hours, and then I become a habit. Mm. Every uh, I had to wake up every two mm. hours in the midnight something. So after poor tea, I slept overnight and very deeply, and also even I don't have dream. You uh. see how deep I I slept. Mm. Yeah, uh. so that's why I start to want to let my friend know the poor tea if they have a. High cholesterol. Yeah, high yeah. cholesterol, something mm. like that. And you speak about this in your book quite a bit, but can we get into the properties of poor tea a little bit, especially potentially the theoflavins that we were talking about? You know, we, we know these daily habits. Like there's a reason 
this tea has been around for so long. Uh, but even in today, the things we're experiencing today, including the pandemic and the virus, this has been proven to show really strong immunity against. So I would love to hear a little bit more from you, Larry, about that story that you told me about the um, coronavirus specifically with this tea. So when this uh, whole pandemic started, the first thing I thought of was I was aware of this study that was conducted in Taiwan about 15 years ago, and it was about SARS. And SARS is a, a coronavirus. And so when I, uh, I knew, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe they're similar. They're, they're, they're a coronavirus. And, you know, since then I've done a lot of research, and I believe that around 80% of the, like the, there's a similar, about 80% similarity between SARS and, and COVID. And actually SARS was a much more lethal uh, virus about a 10% mortality rate versus ours, you know, this current one, less than 1%, I believe. So it was way more lethal, and it was a study on black tea and, and poor tea, and they said that theoflavin, and theoflavin is the oxidized form of EGCG. EGCG is the, the antioxidant that people usually think of when they talk about green tea and antioxidants and being healthy. So when that EGCG oxidizes, it becomes theoflavin, and theoflavin, to be pretty simple explanation. When you look at that beautiful rich amber color of the poor tea, um, that, that is becomes, um, it's, it, it gives it that beautiful coloring. Mm. So, but that beautiful coloring, I believe from doing a lot of research is the best thing that can protect you against the, the coronavirus because uh, they've done what they've called computer uh, docking studies and they test the affinity of this theoflavin versus uh, hydroxychloroquine, um, the remdesivir and favipiravir, and it has shown that it has a much greater affinity towards uh, binding with the spike and the ACE receptor to, to neutralize the virus. So, um, so basically all the, if you compare what came out 15 years ago and you came out and you compared what they say now about many, multiple studies, uh, multiple countries, different universities, different doctors, different Western doctors, acupuncturists, um, they all pretty much confirm, they all pretty much say the same thing as what they were saying 15 years ago. Yeah. And we still aren't listening. <laughs> so why do these trees get to be, you know, how do these trees get to live to be thousands of years old? I think, you know, within yeah. thousands of years you've evolved and you've seen just about every kind of situation. And, and tea also, there's other studies about, it's, it's really astounding as far as the antiviral properties of tea. It, uh, I've seen things talking about HIV, uh, poor tea that I've seen, uh, like the Zika virus, um, and just all these, uh, many other ones, which, uh, which I, I'd have to, to look up, but there's many other kind of viruses other than like the flu and common yeah. cold. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, I haven't even missed like a day of work in like over 10 years of, of doing it, so I really, really get sick, but I think that the poor tea is a big part of that. Because totally. you go to the gym, you work out in the gym. I worked out in the gym too. And like, <laughs> I'm not like, I was never before COVID like super careful about like washing my hands about every single time you touch a piece of equipment or something. So yeah, you're obviously- have a good immune system. Right. Yes, totally. So, so I think, you know, between diet and exercise, it's like super important. Well, let's, um, you said about oxidized and that's the beauty of poor is that it never stops oxidizing. So it all comes from the same plant. You mentioned that, Camellia sinensis, with black tea, green tea, oolong tea. But 
it since it's rolled and it just keeps oxidizing that's what keeps this alive right right uh, that's a good uh, I'm glad you brought that up um, so green tea they they fire it very soon after they let they call it withering or oxidizing um, they, they fire it very soon after picking so it doesn't have a long time to to wither or oxidize black tea they let it um, oxidize a little bit more and that's why I believe that the black tea in the studies was actually more effective than the green tea. But think about it, poor tea never stops the oxidative process because it's a living tea. They never they never kill it. So it can oxidize it, it can or some people call it fermentation for the black pores will improve up to twenty five years and the green pores can improve up to sixty five years. So I would think that it would have a lot of theoflavin if it's correctly aged. You have a good quality, you know, source. Yeah, and then that's what it was. I was learning from you because when I met you, my only understanding of, of poor was my favorite book, the humming, the Tea Girl on Hummingbird Lane, which I think you said has helped in so many ways bring popularity to poor tea. But you can have green tea poor or black tea poor. It's not just its own category. So poor can look a lot of different ways, right? Yes, there's a green poor. Because a lot of people only know there's black poor. But it's kind of funny because for centuries it was just green poor. And they would they brew it a little different. They would boil it and they would make it like really strong. And it would just be naturally aged. But it takes like 15 or 20 years before that green poor turns into that you know, rich amber color, and mm. and now it becomes you can't even buy it. It's so you know, it's so it's rare. It's either bought by collectors or and it becomes extremely expensive. So, so we're here in the the wine region, the famous Russian River Valley, and we age it here in the. Uh, I mean, we can walk to five different tasting rooms, but it's it's it's, it's kind of amazing the similarities between like wine tasting and, and tasting poor tea. Yeah, and you, uh, Yang Su, when we um, when you were pouring this, you taught me so much about the methods. So rinsing it, will you explain how to rinse tea or we can have Larry you too, but just some, I think people are intimidated by tea, but it shouldn't be. This is super fast. It brews quickly. There's black tea and green tea. So let's talk about temperature, I guess, first temperature for a green tea pour. What's ideal for the temperature of the water? Okay, uh, because the temperature can bring the bitterness and uh, also strong the kind of um, uh, result. So for, when uh, people brew the green pool, um, when they're young, when the poor tea under five years old, so you can consider like a 185, 195 years old, uh, uh, degree, sorry. Degrees, yeah. Okay, and then uh, over five years, you can consider 195 to 205 degree. Okay. Yeah, higher, no problem. Yeah. Okay, and that's with the black uh, or green? That's green, green. yeah. Okay. Then black pool, uh, just 205. 205 degrees, yeah, degree. you can go higher. Yeah. And then you did it for me earlier, but you rinse it. Um, you said rinsing it just quickly, some hot water on the tea, pour it out. Hot water on the tea, pour it out instantly, doesn't take long. Mm. And that helped it become more alive. Yeah, it's a... a, a Rinse the tea have a two reasons. One is like a cleaning the tea, mm. and second, it's awaken the tea. Yeah. And then I try many times. If you rinse the tea, tea really tastes better. Yeah. 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 And I I remember when I grow up, we always rinse the tea. Doesn't matter it's black tea or oolong tea. Always. Yeah. Rinse, but yeah. right now I have a new method to brew the tea. People say just uh, directly. Uh, Doesn't matter. Yes, you, you can do in that. But uh, uh, I try if I rinse. 
the tea, um, any kind of tea, tea still tastes better. It, it, yeah. it, it uh, kind of opens the leaves up. It hydrates the leaves and lets them open up. Because if you have something crinkled up in a ball, it's not going to release. So right. It kind makes of, sense. Kind of preps it for, you know, releasing the tea. And yeah. what I love that you all have taught me is how many times you can add water to this. So it's just a never-ending giving tea. I, I want to mention one thing. When you yeah. say rinse the tea, uh, a good tip is you can actually put... We did a video, and it was it actually got a, what a quite a bit, quite a bit, few views on it. But we were talking about using the leaves from your rinse water and your your uh, discarded tea leaves. Put them in your garden. That makes amazing compost. And um, huh. and to think to the origin that you're you're actually introducing teas that are you know from a, from the from the birthplace of the world's tea trees that are thousands of years old. It's kind of a cool thought about having in your in your plants in your garden. It's like the full cycle. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Okay, so you mentioned the thousand-year-old tree that you sent, showed me a picture of, and we got into a great conversation about the wisdom of trees, and I would love to just share that a little bit more, um, mostly how there's a reason that they've survived for as long as they have, and so I've been researching a lot about sandalwood, uh, but there was a few more, including frankincense, but... Uh, just the resilience of these trees and you you getting to see these trees over a thousand years old Like what do you feel like the tree is trying to teach us? <laughs> a human uh, needed uh, still needed a lot to learn right? <laughs> We are so young <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we could live a fraction of what these trees live, it would be amazing totally. I have a feeling they just sit there 3700 years just watching us. How do we do the drama? <laughs> Totally right. Well, over my the, the one of the good thing about getting a little older is you get to test your theories. Um, for me, I'm a pretty practical guy, so I love reading studies. But the best study that you can do is on your own mm. body. And um, amen. I just found as I got older that like everything that worked best in my life didn't come from a pill or or medicine or you know from a Western doctor. It actually came from a natural plant. It was like, oh, you're, you're talking about like, sh for me, like shea butter is something I use every day, which comes from a shea butter tree. Um, you know, we use a lot of frankincense. You said sandalwood, um, these tea trees. So I believe that trees have amazing, you know, healing properties to them. Yeah. And for me, it's just, it's, I'm a, it's just, it's just from trying it out and seeing how it works for yourself. But yeah. I just think that they have evolved to, to produce some really amazing things. Yeah. Um, I believe the, the earth, when they started the human, right? So they already set up for everything for human. So the surround our nature, you know, it's like our medicine, yeah. our food, our life. Uh, and we get to partake and we just don't enough. So thank you for well, I, I wanted to say, too, because you mentioned about the, the medicinal properties of tea. I mean, we've done things with, at Marin General Hospital with their cancer program, and we have a, a really interesting video where the head nutritionist from uh, Marin General gave a presentation about the health benefits of tea, and we talked about poor tea. I learned a lot about tea, which I didn't know. Some of it kind of technical, but we were chatting uh, amongst ourselves after we had given the presentation. We were talking to the, the uh, Sharon Mayers. And um, she said the two things we're most interested for against uh, anti-cancer is tea and turmeric. Mm. And she's talking about tea from the camellia sinensis, not, not, not like herbal tea. Yep. I mean, it, it makes sense because of all the inflammation we're struggling with, right? If we looked at disease or any sort of illness and we nailed it 
to inflammation. We just need things that help with inflammation. And these are proven again and again to do that. And you mentioned this a little bit about since there is light caffeine, but with the L-theanine and the GABA, that's really why people know this, I think, with matcha, but with this tea, how it helps balance out the caffeine. It's not this huge hit of caffeine like coffee, per se. Yeah, we have... Uh... Well, an acupuncturist wrote a whole article, and she gave it to uh, all of her patients, but she was talking about the difference between drinking coffee and tea, and she was saying that, you know, Americans drink so much coffee, they get an adrenal burnout, Uh, and with tea, uh, with coffee, you get a spike of energy, but then you have a period where you crash. Um, So I've had a lot of team, uh, one of, I have a video of uh, one of my customers who lost a lot of weight, but he's, he's, he was an expert. He roasted coffee and for 20 years and he was, he he thinks that coffee actually um, increases your, your blood sugar too. And, but, um, I agree with that because it does increase cortisol. So in some ways that mechanism can increase blood glucose levels if the body thinks it's needing to sprint away. You know, that's that, that adrenal thing. So that's really interesting. And I, and I think there's a huge difference. For me, the biggest difference in the coffee is the, the acidity levels. It's much, I don't feel like it's good for your body getting that much acidity. I think it makes like your urine smell. And um, I think that especially this tea is much, poor tea is much, it doesn't have the acidity. So it's much easier to drink. So Another thing is, you know, people always focus on, well, which one has like more antioxidant or which one has the most of this. But I think it's more important to think about like your your total consumption. It's not just how much, it, you know, for one cup, it's how many, how much you're going to take the whole day. And with poor tea, you can drink it all day long yeah. because not only is it easier for your stomach, but um, a lot of people that can't drink it at night can drink the poor tea. And the beautiful thing, I don't even know if I finished this part, but about how you just keep, you don't brew it for very long. So I forgot to say that. Um, herbal teas, like my some of my herbal teas, I'll brew for 10 to 30 minutes. But with this tea, it's pretty fast. It's maybe a minute of actual steeping. And then you can just repurpose it. So it's the same leaf eight to 12 different times. And that's what's really fun about this tea is like, it, it's just set up to always have like a little supply for you in a, a really, beautiful way i really enjoyed that yeah some people get intimidated with the poor tea because they live like cake and they say oh this is this is a little bit you know scary for me i'm so simple and i tell them i said it's it's actually easier to brew than than any other tea because you get it has a fast brewing time you don't have to keep it sealed there tight um if you over brew the black poor tea it doesn't get bitter so you can just add water and dilute it yeah um I mean, you don't want to, ideally, you, you don't want to, it can distort the flavor if you if you leave it in there, if you forget it for like 10 minutes or something. But, um, you know, it's a pretty forgiving tea to, um, to make. And then when you guys are smelling it, looking at it, if someone never has had it from either of you, what are you smelling for as you pour me a beautiful cup? <laughs> uh, what are the smells that you smell when you have this tea? Uh, do you want to answer that, or do you want me to? What do you when you're looking when you're yeah, smelling you smell for a tea? What do you what are you looking for to smell like the aroma like? Like if we, descri- oh, if we um, try to describe this somatically to somebody. Well, when I travel to Asia, you know they drink tea every time, every day, and everywhere. <laughs> the, when you go to the store, the first thing they ask you sit down to have a cup of tea, and then uh, uh, of course they not always service you the best tea. 
and then uh, the first thing I always smell the um, the tea, um, you know, the tea quality. Uh, I don't know, can explain the quality or not? Because if good quality tea, the aroma is very nice, very welcome. Yeah. And then the second, uh, you taste on your tongue, see how uh, cleaning. Mm. Um, I don't know if people can understand the cleaning or not. Yeah. Because I've been eating natural food for a while, so yeah. I kind of become very sensitive. It's a part of it. Yeah, yeah become very know. sensitive. You will know this tea is a, is a suitable for you or not. Mm. And uh, it's very interesting. I tell you a little bit. Thing is, uh, I would be not Chinese. I had to be very polite when you visit the people. So I used to, when no matter I got a good tea or bad tea, I, drank, I drank it. But I found out it too much. So I start to very clear if the tea I don't like. <laughs> I just, uh, they have a one small container, you can directly dump the inside. And then uh, I found out they all, goes, they all got, you know, like a surprise or like a little bit shocked. Because I, you dumped the tea? Because I dumped the tea. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a kind of little bit implied, but uh, I cannot drink that much tea. I, you know bad tea, you know good tea. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's a funny thing in, the, in my, in my I trip. I love it. Here. Yeah, it's very earthy. It's very... And I found out if I do in that, they bring the good tea right away. Oh, <laughs> They knew you knew. Yeah, they, they, they know you know the tea, yes. so they don't fool you. We always tell people it's um, it's easy to find poor tea in China, but it's not easy to find good quality poor tea. So, mm. um, you know, when we buy the tea, we're investing like thousands of dollars. So, you know, we better know <laughs> when we we taste we taste it, and then we we have to visualize like how it's going to age and whether whether it's going to be a good investment you know yeah. health wise and and whether it's going to be flavor wise if it's going to be and and investment wise is a good is a good deal so yeah. um yeah you have to it takes experience to to know what you're doing i love that well tell me about the teas that you have on your site um that people can learn about and purchase and experience uh, I mean, we have a you couple. You have so much. I love it. Yeah. Um, 80% people drink black poor. Black poor, okay. Yeah, so uh, people will find out black poor. Uh, our black poor sell fast and also uh, less than green because it's sold out. Mm. And green, our green tea is mostly it's for, like, uh, the, the the quality is very good for label, uh, the uh, you know, the collecting, collect mm. collector. Yeah, because uh, I have very good resource about a uh, uh, poor tea, and then uh, I have a good partner in Yunnan. So sometimes uh, uh, my green pool actually it's a very high level green pool. So if people want to do collecting, can consider green. Yeah, that's the one I have. I yeah. love it. And then yeah. uh, for drinking, you can get the black pool. I love it. Uh, to drink. And yeah, then. we have it available like on our site. We have it in cakes. We have it broken down into like the. Well, we have it basically broken into black and green, and then within within that, we have it the different forms like the cake or bricks or the torcha, which is like almost like bazooka or bubble gum looking like, or we, we just have like um, loose, the loose pour. Yeah, and then different ages. and Yes. And, and that's, I think, I'm still trying to wrap my head around because it's like wine, you know, and so anywhere from five years, it's crazy that this has been... Yeah, we have yeah. some like 2006, so... Wow. Yeah. Wow. 1995. Well, yeah, we have a 1995. <laughs> yeah. But that's very rare, though. Uh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for teaching me about Puer and 
helping me experience it. I would have never done it correctly. The rinses and the breathing and the appreciation. We talked about this a lot when we met of, we just wish people didn't try to make such drastic changes and fail, right? Like that's this paradigm we're stuck in, which is we want to change something, we make these big efforts and then we fall off but it's really these little daily habits. So I would love to hear a little bit more to finish about how you incorporate poor, including your, um, your daily breakfast. Okay. Um, well, I invented something called poor chia, which I, we have a couple, a US, like if you go to US patented trade office, we have a couple uh, registered trademarks on a couple spellings of it, but um, I'm in really interested, uh, there's, I always tell, you know, there's about four different reasons why I got interested in tea to begin with. I just, I did it for health, for, you know, the culinary aspect, for the, the social part, and, you know, like the historical part. So there's many different aspects of the tea, but I, I focus it right now um, mostly on the health part of it just because I feel like that's the greatest need. Yeah. Um, and that's where I can make the biggest impact on the world because... Um, I just feel like, like, like we need it. So I um, invented this poor chia, which I do for, for breakfast every day. I've been doing it since 2013. And basically, I just take the, the black poor tea, and I mix a couple tablespoons of chia seed, and I, I use a certain brand that I, I, uh, I think works better. And uh, so I just mix it up, and then I just wait about 8 or 10 minutes. Or like my wife, if you have a more sensitive stomach, you know, recommends waiting maybe half an hour or so. And then, um, so the, the chia, instead of absorbing just water, it absorbs the tea, and then it's a, it's a, it forms a gel, and it coats your stomach, and it gives you amazing energy on about 70 calories. So I go every day from about 6 to about 12 or 12.30, the most productive part of my day on, you know, I eat two hard-boiled eggs, I eat a little almonds and raw cacao, but the thing that, that satiates my hunger, and I can eat like a horse. I can out-eat guys like twice my size. That's what people are shocked about because I'm skinny, but uh, I can actually I eat a lot. You did take the bird quiz, right? We're both belugas. We like, we like food. We like to have fuel. Yeah. So, But it's like a modified fast, and, it, and it's amazing for digestion because poor tea by itself is great for digestion. Um, that's one part you asked my wife about originally about health benefits. Yes. Well, for me, the biggest benefit that I noticed from the start was from the digestive part. Because yeah. when, I, when I had young kids and I had to take them to school in the morning and sometimes it would take me too long to get out in the bath, you know, to get out of the bathroom, to get out, to, I got to take the kids to school. And then now I don't even think about it. So with the, with the chia... Uh, it, the, 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 the chia is a one on the glycemic index, so it doesn't raise your blood sugar. The poor tea is great for, for keeping your blood sugar low. So the combination uh, keeps, it gives you energy without raising your blood sugar, which is the ultimate thing. So I also think it's great for like an anti-cancer diet. It's great for maintaining or for losing weight. I've you know, had people that have lost like 50 pounds off of it. Yeah. Um, it's great for your digestion. Um, so that's what I do. And then I continue to drink the tea throughout the day because you've already brewed the tea. So yeah. I find that by doing that, even I'm in the tea business, I find that I drink tea on a more regular basis. But I think if you really want to be successful in your just like working out, it's like you have to it's best to have a routine and yeah. you don't you don't think about it. Yeah. And when you start doing it, there's nothing to clean up afterwards. It's just boiled water and it's super fast, efficient. You can take it on the road with you. It doesn't they don't spoil. So it's a it's a great 
you know, thing to have, and it's easy to incorporate it in your lifestyle. Uh, and that's um, the thing. If we feel like we're depriving ourselves in any way, you know, it's just awful. So this is such a way for us to, like, really feel full and satiated, especially if we don't do well with fasting or if we feel like that wasn't working. I love this. You're such an inventor. You're such an entrepreneur. I love it. You have patents on this. It's so fun. <laughs> well, it's really interesting meeting you and talking because... Um, I mean, because we, we provide tea to acupuncturists, but, I mean, I know you're big into the, the gym, mm -hmm. uh, and I've been, you know, I've been exercising, working out since I was 13 years old, and I rigged up a lap machine in my parents' basement, and I, <laughs> luckily it didn't come down to my head, but... Uh, so you're saying you're a meathead. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, but um, it's just, that's another thing that kind of um, keeps me motivated as far as the, the tea business goes, is like meeting people like you, because... I think a big part of it is not, you can have the best product in the world, but if you can't reach people, if you can't motivate people, and I'm, I'm still learning 15 years later, I mean, it's like, how do I reach people? How do I motivate people? So yeah. I don't know, maybe you can, you can help me with that. Uh, you know, I'm still in the same boat because sometimes, you know, we can motivate people, but it's only their start. It has to be what makes them change, you know, and that's what I get curious about too. You too, of like the conversations we've had is like, we can start you on this. We can teach you on this. How do we get you to implement this? Because it is such a self journey where people have all the tools or they know where they'll hear and they'll be inspired, but they have to start doing it, you know, and that's such a choice. So it's just about continuing to share. I know you do this a lot on your blog. You have blog posts after blog posts. You've put so much work into sharing and teaching. So thank you for your work. Um, what is the website for people to find you Find you or on social? Where, do, where can they find you? Uh, it's purepoor.com, which is pure, like clean, P-U-R-E, and then poor is spelled P. U E R. So it's purepoor.com. And if you can't remember that, I have another way. You just type in cholesterol, www.cholesteroltea.com. Because uh, it is so beneficial for. Yeah, I think it's the best tea for cholesterol. It, um, there's some studies, there was a Taiwan study said it was the only tea that they tested that actually raised good cholesterol and lowered bad cholesterol. Others lowered both. I love it. Thank you both so much. I got to get you an MPAC. Oh, I'm going to, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I am too. Thank you again for your time, for your tea. Okay. All right, well, um, thanks. Yes. Nice, nice seeing you again. Aloha.